0: you do the, the lord's work
1: the lords of high school football i do their work
0: that game went
2: a lot further than what the court world would
1: sorry to riff there but you got
3: me started
4: on something a lot of people out there on the sidelines that was just so excited. it was such a historic day
5: you know santa claus i've heard
1: Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small. John here, Hannah there, and it's time to wrap up the championships Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday last week at Mercedes Benz Stadium. It was fun.
0: We did it, John. <laughs> we, we, 11 we games in it. three days. 11 games. How many shows did we end up doing? 11 billion. Over almost 40 hours of total coverage. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm so proud of you, John. Woo. High five.
1: High five. Oh. Hey,
0: John, Hannah. Oh, like, hey, s- Jeremy. Seriously, when when you're talking Ambassador about... Ambassador Jeremy here. When you're talking about the amount of hours, like what time did you get up and get there and then what time did you leave?
1: All right. So let's see. Monday.
0: John's notes are on a napkin <laughs> this week. By
1: the way. I forgot paper. Let's see. So Monday, we didn't have to be there till like... What eleven? I, was in, we had three I was in
0: makeup by nine. Okay. A.M. Monday. Okay.
1: So and I
0: was in makeup by eight A.M. the Tuesday. And so Wednesday. then
1: for you it was fourteen hour days, and yeah, so it was a fourteen hour day initially, and then a little more than that for the other two. So fourteen. So let's say forty five hours on site maybe for those three days, Jeremy. And we still haven't recovered. No.
0: 11 live shows. Yeah. 11 okay.
1: 11 live, live shows. shows. Good to know. So that's, uh, so that's where it was. So 11 live shows, uh, 45 hours of being on site and still have yet to recover. What other questions do you have, sir, about our excursion? <laughs>
0: Well, that 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 was the one that really was on the top of my mind because it seems like every time you looked at GPB, like there was John, there was Hannah, there was John, there was Hannah. Like John, I was getting emails from you at like one in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's like, hey, can you send me something yeah. about? Can you send me like a day one wrap? Yeah. And so I'm in a hotel room or I'm in the parking lot and I have my phone up to you know to my face with all the makeup still on it and trying to be you know darkened you know, parking lot and whatever, sending Jeremy videos for...
0: Oh, yeah. Producer Lori and I were texting midnight, 1 a.m., about the next day, trying to get things ready, sending scripts.
1: Yeah, all of those. Uh, those And and then you and Nikki, when it was over, Mm -hmm. you guys go through Taco Bell's window.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. So so your Waffle House tradition, we have leveled it up with the Taco Bell tradition on the way home, day three, because... I I don't do what you do, or you just barely eat anything. I can't. I'm not in a position to where I can. I, I at least have one meal a day, usually around like three in the afternoon when I start getting a little hangry, a little tired. I'll go down and get some of the crew food, but you really don't eat a lot. And so Mm-mm. on day three, yeah, Nikki and I both went to the the TB drive through Crunchwrap Supreme.
1: Yeah, no, for me, Baja Blast. Yeah, yeah, the Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> Just to get you home, She's probably like three blocks from home. I need the Mountain Dew Baja Blast before I go. Uh, yeah, no. For me, it is grilled cheese, wheat on two, triple order hash browns, scattered some other covered chunked, and topped. And it was funny when I walked into the this particular Waffle House that I always go to near my house.
0: Do they give you a standing ovation when you walk in? No,
1: but it was funny. She, uh, the uh, the, uh, the 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 waitress, cashier, cook, uh, jack of all trades at the at the Waffle House. I, I gave her the order, and she like she like took a step back because she goes, Honey, you must be doing that order a lot because you <laughs> sounded just like we do when we talk about it. And I go, Yes, ma'am, I do. Trained. I, I, that is my order, and I've said it over time. But, no, it was uh, three days, and it was 11 games in less than 72 hours, and it was fun for everybody here at GPB.
0: And I'm just a nobody, y'all. John oh, Nelson Stop. There are more people asking for his autograph whatever. and his picture you guys this is the John Nelson show No it's
1: yes, not Yes
0: I overheard somebody saying I am your <laughs> I am your number 1 fan John and he meant it with all of his heart
1: I, And that's humbling when you have folks walk up to you and they say those kinds of things
0: You do the you do the the Lord's work John
1: right? <laughs> The Lords of High School Football. No. I do I do their work. now. but it's it's very very humbling we to be thought of in that set way. This year. We did and that was very fun.
0: I know I'm usually in studio. I have been in years past because Center Park Stadium there wasn't um, a really good area to have our shows. We did it. We did it one year, but it was a really tight space. So so this year I I made us bring the set. Hannah to made me the do bins. it. Yes. I was like, come on, there's the perfect spot for it. Let's blow it out of the water. Luckily boss man Kevin Gerke went along with our crazy idea. And gave you the thumbs up and um, really, really, he really, we went all out and it looked amazing and it was so fun. So anyone that was walking by and got to see the set, that was that was a lot of fun.
1: Yep, and we're gonna talk about a lot of fun over the next little bit with our all-stars.
0: Hey, what are your highlights? Highlights, um, my favorite thing that happened was having the head coaches on the set, kind of like ESPN game day. Yeah. That was a really great idea. What was your highlight of the week?
1: Well, I mean, obviously the, the fun part about doing the shows with you and kind of getting the, that shot in the end zone where we can kind of be over everything,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah, okay. But we weren't getting any warnings at those. The are horn. You, are you talking about the, the, the sky cam? Oh, the
1: sky cam. There's the sky cam and the horn.
0: Oh, my gosh. So every time a touchdown was scored, the entire three days, the set was up underneath the horn, the touchdown horn. I don't even know how to describe it. Loud. We Every time a touchdown happened, we would all scream, cover your ears to the whole staff. we go, ears. Because... It was so loud. Like mm-hmm. if you were asleep, if you were dozing at all, yep. boom, you were up. Yep. So my, my ears are still ringing.
1: All right. Toss to the all-stars.
0: Okay. Let's find out the highlights from everybody else, our friends and our family, the GPP all-stars. Let's uh, get right to it and start with Todd. As always, first up is the GHSF Daily founder and editor, Todd Holcomb. Todd, thank you so much for joining us today.
6: Thank you. Looking forward to chatting.
0: So, John and I have not recovered yet. No, we're, we're still slab heavy, <laughs> as you can tell. <laughs> what was your week like, Todd?
6: Well, I I watch mo- m- most of the games um, from G P V Sports, and y'all's you know, excellent uh, coverage of it, which I thought was so the, the, the better kind of plug I mean, we
1: need so off the well top done. of the show.
6: Thank
0: you, Todd. We yeah. did not pay him to say that.
6: Yeah, just a lot of good coverage and commentary. A lot of good announcers and uh, halftime stuff. Y'all did was good. So yeah, it's fun. Thank you.
1: So big storylines, big overarching thirty thousand foot storylines for you after uh, after the championships have been completed, or what you think?
6: Well, you know, one thing was just how how well attended and how well it went. I mean, I I um, wasn't really sure. I wouldn't surprise me if attendance would have been disappointing or similar to what they were getting the last few years outdoors at Georgia State. Uh, but they set a record. It was over fifty thousand. So, um, so it turns out that you know doing these during the week, Monday through Wednesday, um, works. People will show up. They, you know, a great venue, and it was it's indoors. And so that was a big story at the end of it. Uh, yeah, I would say.
0: Yeah, and in in your email you said the previous average from the four years at Georgia State Center Park Stadium was twenty seven thousand four hundred forty two. So that is a huge number and a huge difference. Everybody loved yeah. being back at the bends.
6: Yeah, nearly doubled
0: it. Yeah. Well, uh, some of the storylines: two defending champs won in Prince Avenue Christian and Bowden. Newcomer Perry won. Anything else to note? Like that's jumped out at you? That surprised you from the week, Todd?
6: Um, I, nothing was really that surprising. Um, uh, but I do think the big story of of really of the season to me, I'm a historian, you know, so I always like teams that make history and. For the communities of perry and coffee to win those state championships having played so long they've had good teams in the past i mean perry opened in 1954 coffee opened in 1970 but they had they were playing football many years decades before that so so many years of uh you know playing and they finally break through and win a championship and those are good football communities it's not like you know they never liked football suddenly they got good i mean They've been trying for a long time. It's, it's, so it's pretty neat to see them break through.
1: We had some Scorigami as well. Uh, we had the the triple overtime match with oh, uh, Bainbridge. Uh, match uh, Bainbridge and Warner Robbins, the triple overtime game with Pierce and Rockmart, which was absolutely amazing to watch. Uh, you and I were having conversations back and forth, and you thought that uh, 53 rushing attempts by an individual is probably a state finals record. Uh the additional scorigami that uh, that uh, Todd told me about, first time a losing team had scored 45 points.
3: Wow. Warner Robbins
1: had scored 41. Both QBs in the game had at least two rusher-passing TDs. Magatha had four on the floor. First time that's happened in the same championship game, only nine previous players had ever done it. That list included Deshaun Watson, Bobby Lamb, and Jeff Bauer. So, I mean, we had agami and triple <laughs> overtime, too.
6: Yeah, you know, I, I mentioned uh, that, you know, I did this uh, – the series on the top 100 state championship games of all time. And I would think that game, um, you know, it could have made the top 10 if I re- revised that someday. I mean, three overtimes. That had happened just one other time, and that was Bainbridge and Warner Robinson, in 2018, which I rated as the number one championship game of all time. So they matched that. And, you know, you have two teams of 45 – or more points, and the other thing that was interesting about it is, I mean, neither—I don't think either team was ever ahead by more than seven points. So every score either broke a tie, or tied the game, or put somebody ahead just by a few points. You know, so it had everything. You know, you would he would want in a championship game.
0: And Todd, we have to brag on the girls. History was made in flag football. Southeast Bullock won three state titles in a row to go 62-0 and in program history, and then Greenbrier and Pope won for the first time ever. What did you see out of the girls?
6: Well, I mean, well, first of all, you know, when we talk about these attendance records, that you, we need to take into account that, you know, these, I mean, this this is a popular sport, and these teams are bringing a lot of fans, and that's what also helps push it over the edge. I mean, people are really, you know, into this sport. And, yeah, how in the world does Southeast Bullock, what a great story that is of... <laughs> Why is it that they would have such a great flight football team? You know, I mean, I think it starts with the coach and and uh, really getting in on the ground floor and and just learning because it's a very uh, it's a, it's a sport where you can coach your team to the top because it's kind of new and you know you can study it and go to clinics and I think they just figured it out and other people kind of watch them and try to model what they're doing after them and so yeah they're they're pretty amazing
1: little dynasty there.
0: John sounds like a feature story for next championship. Well, but well,
1: yeah, because dynasties are what
0: dynastic. Thank
1: you. <laughs> uh, that's what the sixty-two in a row ranked number four in the country, in wow. some polls. Uh, what you're seeing out of Southeast Bullet. Before we let you go, what do you think the biggest storyline is for the off season?
6: For the off season, so in terms of what things to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, it was kind of a story uh, in during the season, which is reclassification, and I think. Uh, a lot of it's going to kind of settle in as to what happened there um, as we look toward the next season. For example, Milton, um, they're the state champions, highest class. They're not even going to be in, in the highest class next year. They're going to be in class 5A. Wow. So I got a feeling they might be ranked number one in preseason. And then you've got, you know, you've these two years of Prince Avenue Christian in Swainsboro, the private versus the public, but they're may not, they may never play again because Prince is going to be in the new 3A private division. 25 private schools that include include greater atlanta christian and love it and um calvary day i guess in savannah christian so that'll be a very interesting and new um kind of division to see how that plays out and there's one fewer class so So, yeah that'll be the i think one thing to ponder as we move into next season and see how the new regions look
0: thank you todd so much for being here we appreciate it so much and we will be talking to you very soon Thanks. Take care,
6: guys.
1: Be good. Batting second this week on the Football Fridays in Georgia All-Stars, sports director extraordinaire, part of the tag team champs in the Western Frontier, Jack Patterson, WRBL-TV in Columbus. Jack, thanks for hanging out as always.
2: The reigning and defending Western tag team champs. you got to get that
1: right. (laughs) Undefeated, undisputed as well. Uh, all right, so we'll we'll start off the conversation with Bowden and Manchester, and go from there. Obviously, it was a just a traumatic week uh, leading into this championship game, and I you've got to tip your hat to Manchester for the effort that they gave in one of the tightest games of the entire week.
2: You know, I said it that night after the game, uh, John, is that you know I I don't know many teams that could have. Gone out less than you know, just 24 hours after finding out that a teammate was killed, and to go out there and put on that that kind of a performance where they could have very easily won a state championship. You know, Stephen Holmes, head coach, said it best: is that the entire city of Manchester was looking at that team, a group of 48 teenagers, you know, 15, 16, 17 year olds, and looking to that team for strength. Okay, it is a, a unimaginable position, and the fact that they played the way they played, you know, they have they have you know, I can't remember who said it, but a bunch of people have said it that that team won on that night on Monday night, you know, despite everything they went through, despite that you know in the record books they'll be the runner ups, but they won because my God, man, what a performance! I, you know, I. I've ne- in my entire career I've never covered a game like that. And, you know, those boys left everything on the field for the city of Manchester and you can't do nothing but tip your hat.
0: The player was Blue Devil sophomore Brandon Smith. They dedicated the game to Brandon. Both teams ran out with his number jersey. That was such a special moment and such great sportsmanship too. I don't know I don't know how to follow that up. Well,
1: I mean and I get I tip my hat to Bowden because Bowden came out with their own 52 they, they came out with their uh with their with their dress black jersey 52 and they had their own procession so they understood the gravity of it as well i mean it, we all know that high school football jack is is a fraternity in, in a great number of different ways and this kind of solidified that And it was absolute class from rich fenley and bowden along the way absolutely
2: and you know you come to expect that from a program like bowden you know and you know just Hey, keep in mind these two teams are gonna be region rivals next
5: year, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, you know, I you know, you know we're we're vowed in to handle it the way they did from obviously Manchester they you know, gave the tributes to Brandon in an emotional way. You know, Coach Praiser to D C wearing the white fifty two during the game. You know, it you know, it, it, it was an emotional night for sure. You know, it was an emotional night and you know, it, it, it sucks that one team had to lose. Yeah, because you know I will say this is that there's a lot of winning. There was a lot of winning at life on on the field that night, and you know that that game went a lot further than what the scoreboard was tell.
0: I agree, and the scoreboard was Bowden 28, Manchester 27. So the Red Devils won. Their title, defended their title to go back-to-back. Back. So hats off to both of those teams. What, what else did you see? What, what else stood out to you this week? And how was your coverage?
2: So obviously our coverage um, was, you know, Manchester was our only team uh, left standing that made it to the GTSA um, state championships. You know, I looked at the 3A game, like I talked to you guys, leading up to the game. You know, Savannah Christian knocked out one of our teams, Carver, and you know, wanted to see how they did against Cedar Grove, and my gosh, Cedar Grove looks like a juggernaut.
1: Fourth and six, juggernaut. yeah, absolutely. You know,
2: and I, you know, because that opened my eyes. You know, how good is this team? To, you know, I thought Savannah Christian, you know, you know, the way they were playing against Columbus, the team we had, uh, Carver, a Carver team that we had held in high regard down here, and you know, they pretty much, you know, did what they wanted to do against them, and to see Cedar Grove you know, basically do what Savannah Christian did to Carver was eye-opening. You know, and it just goes to show just the kind of talent that that program has built up over the years. You know, so I look at that game. Uh, that Swainsboro-Prince Avenue Christian game that was right before the Bound Manchester game was so much fun to watch. You know, I, I, I was on the sidelines for the um, second half of that game, and, man, that, that those two teams were just going back and forth, especially the big comebra- the comeback that Swainsboro had. You know to make it a game, and then you know Aaron Filo, You know that kid is going to be something at Georgia Tech. I tell you, man. Yeah. Like I, I was thoroughly impressed by what I saw on the field in that matchup.
1: Last question oh, that we that we like to ask everybody here on this particular go around. What do you think the biggest story of your off season and covering high school football is going to be?
2: Whew, oh man, that that's. I think the biggest story is going to be as we go into the next school year is going to be the new regions. You know, you know, obviously, you know, GHSA did away with 7A, and the biggest ramification for that is, is that all the Muskogee County teams are going to be in 2A, with the exception of Northside. So, that's going to be something that we can't keep an eye on. It's been a long time. Honestly, you have to go back to when I was in high school at Shaw back in. 2006 through 2008, when all the Muskogee County teams, or the majority of the Muskogee County teams were in the same region, and that's what we're going to be dealing with as we go into the next school year, is that you're going to have everybody but Northside in Class 2A, and that's going to be something we have an eye on. Obviously, I alluded to it earlier. Manchester splitting from the region that, you know, from all the 1A Division II teams, you know, the Sly County, the chatco You know, they won't be in that region. They'll be in the region without it next year. So that's going to be something we keep an eye on. And, you know, honestly, north side of Harris County and Troop and LaGrange, you know, in Class 3A. So, you know, that's going to be all stuff that, uh, excuse me, north side of Harris County in 4A, Troop and LaGrange in 3A. So that's going to be something that we keep an eye on. It's just going to be the new rivalries that come about because of reclassification.
0: Thank you so much, Jack. Yeah, John, we're going to have to break that down on a whole other reclassification. No doubt. We're going to have podcast, to have a reclassification a
1: show in and of itself.
0: A couple years ago, and now we'll have to have another one. Thanks so much for your insight, Jack. As always, it's great catching up. And just just we hope you all can get some rest.
1: <laughs> Especially the first, the first Christmas as a newlywed.
0: Oh, congratulations. Absolutely. That's a special one.
2: I appreciate it and I appreciate y'all. Y'all do amazing work for high school sports here and Nelly, you already know how I feel about you. You're the reason why I do what I do. You're one of the big reasons why I do what I do. I am a fan a fan of Prep Sports plus to the day I die.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, my friend. Very humbled to have you uh say that to to the folks here at uh, Georgia Public. So as always, my friend, great to catch up and uh continue defending the tag team belts out west.
2: You know how we do it. <laughs>
0: Next up is WMAZ sports anchor Marvin James and Marvin. Whoa, a whoa, 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 whoa! Very whoa. How are we supposed to start this segment? I've got a I've got a better way to start it. Happy birthday! Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So sorry, everyone. Let go. Let go. I was trying to turn it into happy birthday. <laughs> oh, I know no you way.
1: were, <laughs> and you did a great yeah, job. There's no way you're gonna get away from that. None. None whatsoever. Uh, so, how,
0: how was your birthday, Marvin? <laughs>
1: it
4: was good. It was nice. Uh, you know, no games this year. So usually I'm spending my birthday uh, recording a game. But Ed, my wife, and I, we uh, cruised uh, to the Bahamas. Have, uh, oh, my gosh. I know so.
1: So are you scouting National like, Signing Day for Nassau High School? Is that how this works?
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I felt like it. I got uh, That was my phone blowing up when I was last-minute signings we got, so yeah definitely
1: doing some work all right so first question from hannah
0: (laughs) i forgot what we were talking about
1: the perry panthers
0: i know i'm just joking congratulations to perry and head coach kevin smith for winning their first ever state championship what was it like to watch that game and what are your overall thoughts on the panthers this season
4: it was awesome, and I and I don't say that lightly. I mean, I know you know we're we're a week removed from it, but it truly was a phenomenal thing. There were so many people on the sidelines. Del Martin, the uh, the principal of Perry, and we were just kind of like, you know, can you believe this is happening? type of deal, and and not the fact that we were ever doubted Perry and how good they were, but it just been such a long time coming and such a deserving program. So it was just you know a lot of people out there on the sidelines that were just so excited. And just glad to be able to be a part of, of such a, a historic day for the Perry Panthers.
1: And, and I talked to Kevin about it when we were presenting the trophy. You know, he is—he's—he was at Northside for a very long time, one of the lieutenants there time. for that particular program. Then seven years ago, he finally decides that he wants to be a head coach. He wants to be the guy in charge. He goes down to Perry mm-hmm. and builds that program up where I—I I, I think they only had a handful of double-digit win seasons in their yeah. history. Before right. Kevin took over, and now he has right. taken them to this point. What's it been like for you to see the progression of Kevin, the assistant at Northside, on the Northside of 247, go down to Perry and build what he's been able to build?
4: Right. I think the biggest, every time you heard of Perry football, you heard of Casey Hayward. And you still will, because Casey was a phenomenal athlete from there. He's an NFL player, uh, finished up with the Falcons, um, played with San Diego and the Green Bay Packers. But... um, that was their last um, great season, I think, it was 0 where they went to quarterfinals and lost to, a, uh, to a, uh East Hall team. And so this team has been able to accomplish everything that they haven't and enti- the entire um, Perry program, you know. So that's why I think it was such a big win for Perry because, you know, all, there were so many Letterman jackets there at this game. There were so many old-school, you know, mesh caps from, from back in the day. This, game, this championship wasn't just for a 2023 team. This was for every class that came through Perry, and that's why it was just so exciting to, to be a part of it.
0: First time in 70 years. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Well, I know that you were cruising, but once you got back to work today and saw the recap of everything, what else stood out to you over the three-day championship marathon?
4: Oh, man, it was it was just great. I think the biggest thing was that we were back in the Mercedes-Benz on the inside. I don't have to tell you guys that, but, well, Hannah, you usually are in the studio, but this was such a great thing to, to be back um, inside in, in the Benz, and I think that's a great experience for all the kids that come out and get a chance to play on, on a professional um, football field and a professional stadium. I think that was big number one. Saw a lot more scouts there and it's like always a reunion for them to be able to in the corner this is a chance they get to compete and look at some of the same players that they're recruiting all over. So I think that those were two things that stood out. Um, just off the county, you know, they've won so much over time. You would think that they had won a, a state championship before, but for them to finish 15-0 uh, and 0 and win in their very first one, I think that was um, something that I'll definitely remember as well because I've so, been so impressed with that um that program. And of course Thomas County Central also going undefeated. And Justin Rogers, man, he he was down in um in our area for a long time with Jones County and he's always been so close, um, but yet so far away. And you know, for him to collect his first state championship trophy was just amazing to see and, and just be a part of that too because I know his road, uh, uh part partly his road to his success.
0: And Marvin, they weren't going to keep me out of the bins. We brought the set to the bins <laughs> right. this year. We brought it I to know. the bins. <laughs>
4: How cool was that? I mean, I, mean, I know that you guys had awesome. to be excited to, to, love, to so, be in, in, so excited. in that environment as well.
1: No doubt. And
4: we've got two more years at least, right? Yeah. So, the and, next contract extension.
1: And I'm wondering where Justin's beard is right now. What stage it's in. I don't know if he's gone Foo or Van Dyke. I don't know because he's getting rid of it gradually, and I don't know where we are in that process. We need updated pictures from Thomas County Central. Uh, last question before you go, and it's the question that we're asking everybody: What do you think the biggest storyline is going to be here in the off season? For Perry? No, in general.
4: Oh, in general. Wow. Um, man. Um, Re- Reclasses.
1: Like reclass has been right it's now been a the number one. So far, yeah.
4: That that always is every two years that they do it. Um and and that will be something that's talked about. Um I just I don't know. I mean there's so much. I mean once football kicks off, everybody's talking about everything, right? I mean, there's so many kids that have actually uh reclassified and they're leaving early. They're not coming back. So, you know, that'll be a story, um people getting a chance to, to step up and, 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 you know, make claim to to what they wanna do in, in this next football season. But I don't, I don't really know. Uh, I know I'm kind of rambling on, but just any time football starts around, there's so many things to talk about, and there's so many things that people are, are just so excited about. It gives you such a great feeling to see those small towns come in there every um, game change, and they cheer on the next team that's there you know, um, as they're waiting on their team to play. Um, just high school football, just such a great religion, and um, I'm just glad to be able to be a part of it.
0: Amen
1: you see it, you got that you got the word in there right well as, as always marvin it's great to catch up with you my friend thanks for being uh, the part of the fabric that high school football uh in the state of georgia that you and everybody down there at wmazr for your football friday night say hi to uh say hi to big frank forrest and we'll catch up with you soon my friend
4: absolutely i want to thank you and and Hannah also for including me and just doing your due diligence for the, these kids in on um, the great state of georgia
1: Batting cleanup on the All-Stars for the championship version post, Phil Jones, ITG Next, down in Valdosta. Phil, as always, great to catch up with you, my friend, for the All-Stars and the wrap-up. Absolutely. Merry Christmas, guys. No doubt about it. All right, so since ITG Next does the the overarching coverage here in the state of Georgia, let me just ask the 30,000-foot question. From the championships themselves, what were some of the bigger storylines that you're going to carry with you with your uh, coverage there at Extra Point and ITG? Wow!
7: Um, Hit you with the hard one there right <laughs> off the top, brother. <laughs> no doubt. I think the uh, I think the, the the word of the day is redemption. Um, it's what Cedar Grove was seeking after uh, what two one and four two and five start. Um, you know, it's what Milton I think was seeking when nobody gave him a chance, and boy, did they earn this one, let me tell you. And they knocked off some big, uh, some big hitters. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping this is a multiple choice. Oh, uh, absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> really, I mean, it's just more than. I mean, just when you thought again, Cedar Grove. I mean, remember they opened up the season. They're, they're giving up like 50 points a game, and you're thinking, okay. Everybody deserves a, a rebuilding year, John, even John Adams. Well, middle of the season, he had a come to Jesus meeting with his team when they were, I think, 1-4, 2-5 and, and, and said, look, enough. Well, let's get it together. After that meeting, I think they uh, they ran the table, mm-hmm. spent the rest of the regular season undefeated, and then, of course, went through the playoffs undefeated, and the rest is history, as they
0: say. Well, they didn't play this a 3A team until play playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, his schedule that he creates is so, so tough. And it's almost one of those things where other coaches can start taking note because he's been doing it for the past several seasons, and it works. Mm-hmm. It really works. Um, how about that triple overtime game? Pierce County took down Rockmart, forty-eight yeah. to forty-five was the final in that one. Who I'm still tired from that game.
7: Yeah, had us on the edge of our seat. Remember, the first state championship was also an overtime win. Ryan Herring's Bears yep. took out Coney County. Now, I think it only took one overtime. That about- is
1: true. Yeah, they got the pick on the, the top of the first, and then they ran D.J. Bell on the left-hand side in the bottom of the first, and they got the win.
7: And how about, speaking of running D.J. Bell, they ran Magatha uh, every play except for, th- uh, let's see, he ran every play except for three. And on those plays, he threw the ball. And I think the other two offensive plays went to another. Yeah, uh, Sloan,
1: uh, Carson Sloan, I think. That's right. When they went power and they just went, it's like, yeah, we're going to give you a change of pace. Okay, here's our two-way player. Try and stop him. Yeah. And, they, that's and that's they had to they keep the, the yeah. train whistle at home, though.
7: <laughs> well, they they should have brought it.
1: But they well, had the big train whistle that they rented above our heads.
7: Yeah, you know, I always used to wonder where that thing was coming from uh when we do games over there. Like, where is that My ears are it's locomotive parked over there behind the home side? But but guys, get this Ryan Herring's offense is pretty much just simple, straightforward, stop me if you can. And, and it's just the success they had with DJ Bell guys, and winning that first state championship, uh, they, they did the same thing with McGathon.
1: And you've got first timer in Perry getting a, getting the Duke for the first time ever, and then Coffee as well. I mean, two two great coaches and and two great guys getting wins for their programs for the first time ever.
7: So get this, guys. Uh, ITG next we had our football banquet. Uh, recognized about thirty six teams this past Thursday night. Had a ton of kids, coaches, yeah. parents in the auditorium. And anyway, uh, get this: we had had five of the eight state champions in the house with us. And we had to make a decision on who to give the coach of the year to. Now, mm-hmm. you want to talk about tough? Mm-hmm. That was a hard decision. In the end, we gave it to Justin Rogers of Thomas County Central. Deserved. Uh, could have easily gone to Perry's, Kevin Smith. GPB
1: Sports team. Coach of the Year, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith, sir.
7: I know it was. we, And everybody made mention of that. We sure did. <laughs> it had nothing to do with our decision. I promise you that. But uh, uh, but he, he was well-deserving. Mike co was deserving um justin rogers was deserving um so anyway but rogers got it in the
0: end 100 percent uh i agree with that i think i think ours was ours was pretty close yeah too. we had,
1: it was a three-way dance yeah, for us yeah. and literally it's like okay this way this way this way and then oh okay yeah let's go here because of first evers and things like that so yeah. no it was it's a great year for coaches making it to the last game of the year
0: well last no question, question for you phil what are you looking forward to in this off season what storylines will you be following at itg next
7: wow um, probably, uh, to, to see, you know, uh, which team is working the hardest this on season. I think we're going to be uh, paying a particularly close attention to the seven on sevens to see maybe, you know that kind of always gives you an idea of, uh, who may be uh, stepping up, uh, with receivers coming back. Um, but you know, really just, uh, trying to make some, uh, predictions for the 2024 season, especially with the new, um, classifications that we've got guys that's going to be very interesting to try to predict who's finishing where
1: one less a and single through triple on the private side they go and slide over and we have the same number of title games just one less class phil as always my friend great to catch up with you and thanks for being part of the all-stars all season long we'll be keeping an eye on what's going on down there at the at home base for you in south georgia at itg next thanks
7: for hanging out anna john thank you guys i'm honored to have been on with you guys all year thank you very much
0: we are joined now by voice of GPB Sports Football Friday in Georgia, Matt Stewart. And Matt, you called the Single A Division Two, Four A, Six A, and the primetime Seven A game. How's your voice? How are you feeling?
3: <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine. And also the Single A Division One, so I called oh. both of the Single A. So five I, I, lost total. <laughs> I
0: lost track. Right, Matt, so sorry. I lost
1: track, Matt. I'm sorry. Man, what's that? so? Before we get into the games, let me ask you. Because of all of the games that you're prepping for during a championship weekend, how much prep do you have? How much paper do you burn through? What do folks not understand about what it's like to prepare for all those games?
3: Well, I mean, number one, I mean, it's a different kind of preparation than I typically would do for a single Friday night game because you got to, I mean, there's only so many hours, you know, you can, you can cram into a day. So a lot of the preparation that I do will be more in kind of bullet bullet point form and uh, will be in in massive amounts of paper rather than on a single sheet of paper like I typically do on my spot board. So it's a little bit different approach that you have to take, and that puts you a little bit out of your comfort zone, you know, for a nerd kind of preparer like I am and, you know, someone who likes to follow a certain – way of doing things so but it works out so you just you kind of just remember things a lot rely on your memory a lot more and uh you know just trust on the game too so it's a little bit different preparation but I think it works out
0: yeah, I've never met anybody that prepares more than you and John. It's really remarkable. Well, let's start with the the largest classification, 7A, yeah. Milton taking down Walton, 31 to 21. It it that game really came through with what it promised. What were your thoughts on that just wild, fun, exciting electric matchup?
3: Well, the overlying theme that I drew out of the 7A state championship game was what an incredible job defensively. Milton did in preparing for Walton. They shut down the Raiders like nobody else had. And they scored 21 points. But that was, they were averaging right at 50 a game.
6: Mm -hmm.
3: So they were averaging close to seven touchdowns a game. They held them to three. They totally, uh, you know, threw a huge curveball at um, Jeremy Heklinski, which is what they stated to do. Heklinski had thrown only three interceptions the entire season through six in that game or three in that game for a total of six on the season, you know, and and coach Ben Reeves told us going into the game from a defensive perspective, you know, the number one thing that they wanted to do was they wanted his pre-snap read to be different than his post-snap read. So they really wanted to change things up and, and make things confusing for him as much as possible. And uh, you know, I thought they did that. They they really did. The the story of the game was defense, uh, all the way around Milton's defense. And of course, Jacory Stewart ended up being our player of the game and the most outstanding defensive player of the uh, of the entire finals when we handed out the GPB All Finals awards. So that was the overarching storyline coming out of that 7A final in my book.
1: So then what about the other games that you called and all the other great storylines that you got to come across? What were some of the other things that are going to stick with you from this championships?
3: Okay, well, going down the line, then 6A and Thomas County Central's victory over Woodward Academy, Uh, the dominance of TCC in that game. I mean, they totally dominated the game and I forget what the final score ended up being, but they jumped out to like a a twenty one nothing lead in that game. And at that point it was, you know, it was pretty much over at that point. So, um, they were able to shut it down, hand the ball off to Trey Brenton, you know, and kind of do their thing. And that was the you know, that was the thing that Thomas County Century really I mean, out of all the games that I did, that was the most lopsided game as far as competitive nature. I think they ended up with ten quarterback sacks, yeah. something like that. I mean, they just really totally dominated the game. And, you know, Woodward Academy was able to get some yardage and ultimately some points, but all the yardage and the points came well after the fact, after the game had been pretty much put in the books by Thomas County Central. And, uh, you know, they just did a heck of a job on them. I mean, they got that lead, and they're like, okay, Woodward, we'll let you rack (laughs) up a lot of yards coming up and down the field. Going to make it hard for you to score. We're going to win the game. and the other, you know, the other theme story out of that, two theme stories coming out of that in my book, is that, you know, Co- Thomas, Thomas County Central, it had been 30 years since the days of Ed Pilcher, since they were, you know, a state champion. And the last time and the only other time they'd gone 15-0 and 0, was in the last of their five state championships in a six-year period, 1997. And now they did it again here in Justin Rogers and the irony, of course, is Justin Rogers is known, or at least you know, he's made his bones in this business as an offensive guru, and it was their defense that was the biggest story uh, of this game and really of the season, because they only gave up eight points a game the entire year. So that was the, those were the things coming out of that. And then just stepping back to the 7A game for one last thing, an overarching view on Milton in the entire season. The season was very similar to 2018 when they won it the first time. Yep. Mm-hmm. They lost two games early that year. They lost two games out of their first five this year. Everybody's counted them. Nobody talked about Milton. We had the big five we kept talking about the whole year. And the only one out of those big five that even made it to the finals was Walton. Nobody paid attention to Milton the entire year. And just like 2018, they won it. So.
0: Hecklinski was our offensive player of the year, and throughout a lot of these games, we've talked about all these outstanding athletes that have committed to colleges. Well, coming up this Wednesday, we have a big early national signing day show for some of the athletes that haven't quite committed yet. Matt, tell everyone about this show and and what can we expect.
7: Well, John
3: will be on it. Hannah, I know you're going to have some assignments, some interviews coming up in there as well, and um. Rusty Mansell is going to join us from on3.com throughout the show, really kind of take a deep dive on the Georgia Bulldogs recruiting class, and uh, just kind of a thumbnail sketch, and that's going to be 8 o'clock, and that's going to be on our Facebook page, our .org, gpb.org, and all of our social platforms, you'll be able to, you know, access the show. Uh, the, the big story right now, as we sit here Monday, 48 hours out, less than 48 hours out now, but is what's happening at Buford. They have three five-stars. And every one of those three five-stars, uh, not loudly, but at least kind of privately in, in conversations with people, all three of them might be on flip mm. Dylan Riola, you know, committed to Georgia. Is he going to flip to Nebraska? K.J. Bolden committed to Florida State. Is he going to flip to Georgia or Auburn? uh edrick houston committed to ohio state is he going to flip to alabama he took his last official visit to alabama this past weekend uh so yeah i think that's a big story right there, there there's the the signing day at at, at buford on wednesday Oof. they're holding a big one o'clock press conference all i'm gonna sit up there and sign it could be a pretty wild scene when they, If they do the old hat shuffle and all that kind of stuff and pick up the hats like the recruits like to do, it could be pretty interesting. They might all stay three locked in to what they've been committed to for a long time, or all three of them might be picking up a different hat on Wednesday. So that's going to be really interesting. About national signing day,
1: and it's not gonna—is it going to be like Isaiah Crowell, where he actually has the live bulldog puppy, or get a situation? (laughs) No, I don't
3: know. I mean, Isaiah Crowell (laughs) is kind of taking that one to the bank. He's he's like Hall of Fame when it comes to uh, he's he's kind of Hall of Fame when it comes to national signing day presentations and announcement. I haven't seen many people that have been able to top him yet.
1: So, of the performances that you saw under the big top. And by the way, mm -hmm. we haven't said anything about it,
3: but great to be back under the big top. And I think the whole state of Georgia agreed. The attendance numbers were out the roof astronomically, you know, bigger than had been at Georgia state. And that's not a criticism of Georgia state, but you know, Georgia state's competing with one of the top football venues in the entire world. Mm -hmm. There's not many places that can compete with that. I know one guy hit me up on Twitter and said, Well, Alabama plays that. I'd like to see what they do. You know, they go to Auburn and they go to the different college and play it outside. I said, Look, if Alabama had an indoor arena, they'd be playing indoors. Exactly. You know?
0: exactly. Everybody. Exactly.
1: So this
3: time of year, no one wants elements to affect the game. And no one wants, and what the elements affect more than the game, they affect attendance.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And he doesn't have an NFL team. And watch it and enjoy it and not get rained on and be shivering cold and get sick on the drive home and all that kind of stuff and wear wet clothes on a four-hour drive back to your hometown, nobody wants that. So So congratulations to the GHSA working it out to get the games back in the bins. It was a huge accomplishment. I thought replay was a smashing hit. I mean, replay was a bigger hit. in in more ways than people even recognize replay was involved in that entire game in subtle ways that people didn't even realize. I mean, it was obvious when a call was made and it went to the replay booth or a call was made and there was a coach's challenge made, but throughout that game, they were constantly getting the spot of the ball, right? Mm -hmm. And that is so huge. Like for instance, there was a punt. It was an interception return or something of that nature. And, at the end of the play, the ball spotted at the 10. Well, replay review moves it back to the 12 because that's where it should be. That's two yards. That's huge. So, I, you know, I thought I thought the replay review was gigantic in more ways than was obvious in the state championships. Sorry to riff there, but you got me started on something. No, I got my, no it's I got myself awesome. started
0: on something. <laughs> no, it's awesome.
1: All right, so best individual performance offensively or defensively that you saw under the big top? You know,
3: that's tough. Um, so we awarded the best two-way to the young man from Pierce County who was just absolutely fabulous, and I don't have my oh, list, was like
1: 53 for 200? And- no, 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 his teammate,
3: the two-way player. Oh, oh, uh, Carson... Carson, Carson Sloan. Carson Sloan, Carson thank Sloan. you. And forgive me for not knowing that right off the top of my head. I didn't call that game. But he, he, Carson Sloan was, you know, he was our best two-way player. He played every snap of the game. He was big, had like three catches for 124, a couple of touchdowns, had a you know, ton of tackles. He punted, had a great punting average. He held on kicks. I and mean, he, was, he was spectacular. He was our best two-way player, our best defensive player, as I mentioned, was Corey Stewart. Uh, our best offensive player. We 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 went with Aaron Philo there, and it was twofold. You know, he he had a great game, like Aaron Philo always does. Mm-hmm. Thirty-one of forty, three hundred twenty yards, three touchdowns. But when you break the state's all-time passing record set by Trevor Lawrence, the guy that we were watching last night on NBC Television Sunday Night Football, heard of him? Yeah. Uh yeah, he was he was the top. He was the top offense. And were the guys that had bigger numbers than that? Yeah. Uh you mentioned McGatha. Yeah. Uh fifty three carries from the quarterback position. McGrin for Bowden, rushed for over two hundred yards. I think two twenty one from the quarterback position. But uh when you have a game you go for three twenty, three touchdowns, seventy five percent completion. And you set the States all time passing record. Yeah, you get the award.
1: Okay, last question for you, and it's the last question that we've asked everybody here on the show. Yep. Uh, biggest storyline of the off season that you're going to be following? Huh. Re- uh, Reclass what... has come up a uh, 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 very. Coming. No, yeah.
3: I mean, well, I think one. You know, I don't know if it's the off season, but looking ahead to the next season, There
1: is no off season. <laughs>
3: Yeah, you're right, but I mean, I mean, this is ne- this isn't necessarily an off season thing as much as it is a 2024 thing. Yeah, Milton set up in five a. Milton is going to be playing in five a next year,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and they were the best team in seven a this year, and they were playing up this year. They were supposed to be in six a, and so they win seven a. They're going to be in five a, and the region they play in is going to be. You know, I don't know what it looks like top to bottom, but I know what it looks like top three, and that's Gainesville, Roswell, and Milton. <laughs> Ooh, All in the same region in 5A. That's, be that's a beast of a region Ooh. right there. So that's going to be... So in 2024, mm. yeah, Milton coming back, bringing so many people back, including their four-star quarterback, Luke Nickel, D.J. Wiley, the wide receiver, who was one of the top wide receivers in the entire state. He's a four-star. Both of their running backs, TJ Lester and Amari Anderson, uh, their tight end, their four-star tight end, Ryan G, who's one of the top tight ends in the country committed to Auburn. Uh, you know, they're bringing all that back, and they're bringing a lot back on defense, and they're going down to 5A. They're going to be hard to beat.
0: So you're saying we're going to see the Eagles on GBB Sports quite a bit next year.
3: <laughs> I would think so. But we we always seem to do end up seeing Yeah. The Eagles quite a bit, I and know. that's because you know it's an earned thing. Yeah, you play well, you win, you get more TV time. That's the way it kind of works.
0: Exactly. Well, Matt, thank you so much as always for your incredible insight. Great job this week, and uh, I hope you can get some, a get some. Did great job I mean, I just
3: thought I, I just thought the whole thing was just a big win win. Yeah. All the way around, in every aspect of it, venue, the Emmy award winning television production again, just. Yep. Everything about it's a win-win-win.
0: Hey, hopefully we'll win another win this year. There you go. I like
1: that idea. <laughs> well, thanks, Looking Matt. forward
0: to it. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. All
1: right. Thanks. Bye. Be good.
0: So if you missed that, the early National Signing Day special will be Wednesday right here on GPB Sports, all of our streaming platforms. The website, gbb.org slash sports, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere we have live streams. App. The app at 8 o'clock p.m. Twitch as well. Sure. With John and... Matt and Rusty and myself and it's going to be a really fun one
1: what you said and it was also fun at the championships great to catch up with the all-stars and get the 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 wide berth of uh, all of their thoughts with Todd and Jack and Marvin and and Phil and wrapping up with the voice of GPB Matt Stewart so
0: yeah I know we didn't get to all the final scores so if you missed anything go to gpb.org sports or any of our social media platforms for all the final scores and game recaps
1: all that stuff all right so it's time it is time it's for time that. to be done. No, no, <laughs> we have we have our we have our post championship wisdom.
0: Uh, oh, oh, I've been waiting all season for this.
1: The post championship wisdom. As I turn, I turn slowly. Have we
0: come up with a name for the segment yet?
1: Jake is always right. That's the name of the segment. That's right. So one final time here during the regular season. We all of us who anticipate every single word that comes from Jake the Snake (laughs) and his tremendous insight when it comes to high school football. Jake, now that the season is over, only 11 teams across the state were able to finish with a win, 425 member institutions in the GHSA pursuing all the goals that they pursued during the season. Now that the season is over... And there is no offseason, for real. What wisdom do you have for everyone now that football season in the wins and losses aspect is over, but really is just beginning because we've got signing day coming up on Wednesday?
5: Thank you, John. Um, well, just first of all, I want to say cheers to a great year for everybody involved. Another great year of high school football. Uh, fans of the show, tune in to hear my invaluable wisdom. As they do. Which, and, which I've extolled a lot of this year. hmm Everything from reading the Webster's definition of the sport football mm-hmm. to stressing the importance of safety equipment and having fun. Yeah. Very important. Absolutely so Very important. So I wanted to end the year because we like having fun on the show sometimes, right? Sometimes, It's not, yeah. it's not all just football. We yeah. do, We have fun too. Occasionally. So I wanted to end this year with a little bit of a joke that is holiday-themed, if okay. that's all right with everybody. Go for it. Take okay. a break from the, my usual wisdom and just give out this joke. Sure. So why did Santa Claus... You know Santa Claus? I've heard. Why did Santa Claus want to be a high school football coach? Wow, I have never heard this joke before. He wanted to slay the competition. Oh! <laughs> Thank you. Cheers to another great year. Football Friday is forever. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. This that is, is a why great way to end the year.
5: This is why
1: we can't have. can't think of a better way. This is why we have the show that we have. And like that, it is I tremendous think. insight and wisdom that we get from everybody. So, before we go, I'm going to shout out everybody Jake the Snake, Ambassador Jeremy, Governor Reagan is here today, King James is here, Commander Sandy's upstairs, uh, Grand Exalted Poobah Kevin, and uh, partner, I couldn't do it without you.
0: John, I couldn't do it without you too. Year do, number.
1: <laughs> do, the, do the ET thing before we go? Is that how this works?
0: Year number seven together. And it has been. So fun.
1: Yeah. It doesn't seem like seven, does it?
0: It doesn't. It doesn't. Some days for it. Hannah, it
1: seems like it's 107.
0: And then some days it feels like not at all. Just our our first day meeting.
1: But no. Th- and thanks to, <laughs> as I turn once again, I'm going to turn once again to the big shot, to the two shot here. Thanks to all of you for being a part of Football Fridays in Georgia, for listening, for putting up with us, for letting us know what you think, for letting us into your towns. All the coaches, all the schools, all the administrators, all the fans, all of the the, the prospects, all of the recruits, all the great players that have come across our table. This is just the end. We're going to take the holidays off. And then in 2024, we're going to come back. We're going to do stuff. That's the official term. We're going to just continue going here and let you know what else is going on around the state of Georgia when it comes to not just high school football, but whatever else is on our minds. And legitimately, at this point, Jake probably will have his own show in 2024, Hopefully. where he's just going to have his, his, his uh, Jake wisdom, the wisdom of the snake,
0: or we will have updates very soon on what's going to happen next year. So make sure you're following us on social media. Yes. Jake, you have you have last words.
5: Just want to say, stay tuned for that show next year.
0: <laughs> I also have a I also have a bone to pick with our listeners. Just really quick, I'm just going to end on. Okay. <laughs> the last podcast, the mm-hmm. championship preview, yeah. was the most watched episode all year, and I wasn't on it. And I wasn't on it. What does that say? i'm so upset guys thank you for listening thank you i'm not happy about everybody listening to the only podcast i wasn't on all year long we appreciate you we love you goodbye see you next year happy holidays happy holidays and happy new year gotta go